Pastor, 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 if someone lives their whole life and never goes to church, and, 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 and it's pretty evident right now that they're on their deathbed, they decide at the very last minute to tell God that they believe in Jesus and all that stuff. Are they saved? Pastor, 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 is it true? Do all dogs really go to heaven? Pastor, 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 pastor. If someone has the whole world against them and, and, and everyone's abandoned them and, and they feel like they have no hope and really the only answer that they even have that makes any sense is to take their own life, do they really send themselves to hell? You see, these are the kinds of questions that pastors get asked all the time. And some of you recognize these questions as questions that you get asked sometimes on occasion, right? These are some of the real questions that real people have, and they expect to have real answers. Especially these religious kinds of questions. People expect us religious people to have some idea, to have some kind of understanding at least. And of course there's other kinds of questions, right? I mean, there are questions about faith, about God, about the Bible, but there's also questions about politics and ethics and so many other kinds of things. Am I right? And many times people want to know what you think about these things. We should have answers for them. Now, the problem is sometimes I don't know if we know how to have those kinds of conversations with people, right? For a long time, and you tell me if this is right or wrong, but the old adage was, there are just two things in good company you don't talk about. Religion and politics. And we know why, right? There you are sitting and you're having a decent, civil, somewhat interesting conversation. And, and one word or one topic comes up and is gone, Right? The voices deepen, and the eyebrows go up, and you can see the steam coming, and the tempers flare, and it's over. Right? Susan's hiding her face. That is hilarious. <laughs> Just like that. Problem is, we don't know how to have those conversations. And, 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 and for Christians, that's a little more unnerving than, than for other people. And the reason why is because that's all Jesus really talked about. In the gospel accounts, we don't know what Jesus thinks about the weather. We don't know what he thinks about his day at the office or how he feels about his franchise that isn't doing so well this year. Everything in the gospels is about religion, and if you pay attention closely enough, politics. And so us as Christians, you know, people who want to be like Jesus, maybe we should be talking about these kinds of things. But maybe we just haven't learned how yet. It's part of my mission, I believe, to get us over that. I just mean us, I mean the church. Part of my, part of my ministry, I think, that God has told me is help people get over that. Teach people how to be able to do that. Now, understand this, though, when I say that, I do not, 
will not and would not want to tell you what opinion or opinions you should have. I cannot, will not, would not want to tell you that if you don't have this opinion, you'd be any less faithful than me. I struggle saying things like, well, the Bible says, because in reality, the Bible says a lot. I don't think I'm supposed to tell you your opinions. Instead, as pastor, I think what I can do is show you what kinds of opinions to have. We are a what we call resurrection people. We believe in the resurrection, don't we? We say that Jesus' resurrection showed his victory over death and over sin and all those kinds of things. That whole coming back to life thing was pretty awesome, if you ask us, right? And not only do we believe in it, but it influences our life. And so when we say it in a creed or an affirmation, we're not just saying something, checking off something else we believe. We're reminding ourselves of how we live. We are a resurrection. Wretched people. We sing the song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's an influence, isn't it? Resurrection gives life. In particular, for us, the resurrection of Jesus gives us new life. Resurrected people, then, have resurrected opinions or have resurrected beliefs Actions or attitudes. And these are the actions or attitudes that give life. Because that is what the resurrection of Christ does. People are tired of death, destruction, and demise. We've been dealing with it for the history of this world. We can get death and destruction anywhere else we go. Shouldn't people expect that some people who say they believe in a new life resurrection could offer them something different? I think they should expect something different from some resurrection people. Resurrection people have resurrected opinions. Now, maybe... The Sadducees that day were trying to trap Jesus, like many of the other religious teachers had done before, trying to get him to say something wrong, to slip up so they can make a case against them. Or maybe they were trying to mock him. You ever had someone ask you a question about something you believe that they don't believe, but they're just trying to show you how silly you are for believing? Maybe that's what they're doing, too. Or maybe as I read this, I kind of wonder if it's like another set of questions that people ask me sometimes. People know that I have a different perspective than they do, and they just want to know your perspective. How does that influence the way you think? If someone has a certain kind of perspective, how does that influence what they think about certain situations, certain issues, or other things like that? Maybe that's what the Sadducees are doing as well. And, of course, the Sadducees have their own perspective that is different from Jesus, don't they? As Luke says, they do not believe in the resurrection. It's not that they don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus. They don't believe in a resurrection of this whole coming back from life. Nah, I don't know about that. Now, Jesus, well, it's sort of his thing, right? 
Yes? Okay, good. So you have a people who do not believe in a resurrection, and you have Jesus, who that's kind of his gig, right? And so they come to Jesus, all right, resurrection man. There's this couple that are married, husband dies, they don't have children. You know the law. She's got to be passed on to the brother. Problem is, he dies. No children, so it got to be passed on to the next brother. And she was just so blessed to marry into a family that had seven brothers. So she's gotten to the seventh brother, and the seventh brother has now died. No children, and now she is dead. So, in the resurrection, whose wife is she? In other words, with, 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 with your resurrection lens, who does she belong to now? And Jesus says, let me show you something. See, according to your perspective, she always is bound to somebody. She's got to be passed on and passed on because she's got to fulfill a purpose for somebody else. But in the resurrection point of view, she isn't bound to anybody. She has life. She has it now, and she has it then. And I know it's sort of a case study that the Sadducees are given, but, but I, I think if that had been a real story and that lady would have been there listening to Jesus, she probably would have thought, oh, my goodness. I have life. It's the same message that God gave to those people in the reading that Patty did Haggai, where those people are sitting in the destruction that was their temple, this place that used to be so wonderful. It was so meaningful and powerful. And here it was just torn apart, taken from them. And God says, you who remember the former splendor, get ready. Keep working. Keep at it. Because the future splendor will far outshine the former. Keep working at it. Maybe we could say, keep believing. Keep your faith. Keep your head up. Because one day, it will be new. Are you all with me? There are plenty of people in the church that know all too well what it means to live lives that are centered around destruction and despair and suffering, emptiness and abandonment. Shouldn't they expect and shouldn't the church of God do a better job of encouraging them just a little bit better? Reminding them that if you can hang on and if you understand that I am walking with you, the destruction that we have now will be for now. But one day it will be new. And shouldn't we, considering all the people outside of the church that only know suffering and death, that only know abandonment, evil, punishment, and all those kinds of things, shouldn't we be about telling them there is something better? And God says, if you will look at me, there will come a time when it will be new. Brothers and sisters, as resurrection people, 
we have resurrected opinions, we have resurrected attitudes, resurrected lives. And that means everything about us gives life. And too many times, I think we let our emotions, our opinions, and all those things just dig people deeper I'm of the opinion that there is always life to be had. So let me tell you this morning, maybe you are standing, sitting, crawling, laying in the destruction of the former splendor. You think about how good things used to be, and you long for those days because today stinks. Let me tell you to hold on just a little bit longer. Let me tell you to keep working. Stop trying to live. Stop letting death run you. But live into the new life that God gives. Because one day, and I don't know when, but one day God promises that it will be made new. That, my friends, is a resurrected opinion. That is a life-giving opinion. That is an attitude, an attitude to have that gives me life that I hope gives you life as well. And we need to learn how to live into those life-giving opinions. Resurrected people have resurrected opinions. Are you all with me? And I'm not telling you that because I'm a nice guy. What? And I'm also not telling you that because I'm just overly optimistic or naive about the ways of the world. I'm telling you that because I believe and I know that the resurrection of Christ brings new life. And I am so glad I happen to be joined with the people who say that they are boldly committed to sharing new life in Jesus Christ. Hmm? Thank you. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. I hope you believe that. I hope and pray that you learn to live into that. But my prayer for each one of us as we go our different ways from this place is that we would learn to let others live into it as well, through our resurrected opinions, actions, beliefs, or attitudes. And the church of God said, Amen. Amen. And brother and sister, we need to realize that sometimes that, that idea is, is new to people. Or that idea, it's hard to understand. And so I want to offer to you a chance of prayer. If you would join with me in praying Asking God to make that reality, that resurrection reality, real to us. Would you repeat this after me? Oh God, I want to live in the resurrection of Christ. So fill me with your life today. Teach me to bring hope, joy, and new life to all your people. 
including myself. In Jesus' name, amen.